Welcome back to the Pro Series Podcast. This is episode 74 with Darla Powell. Darla is the owner of Wingnut Social, which is a social media agency that specializes in helping interior designers on social media. Um, they actually have the Wingnut Academy starting today, so go to their socials and check that out if you want to learn more. But before we hop into the episode, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review this podcast on wherever you listen to the podcast. And now I hope you enjoy episode 74 with Darla Powell. All right. Darla, thank you so much for hopping on the Pro Series podcast with me today. I'm excited to talk to you. Hey, Eric. It's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And I always talk at the beginning of the episode on how we kind of got connected. Mm -hmm. And I think we kind of just have been following each other for a little bit. Um, and I mean, our, both of our paths have crossed because you got, you deal with interior designers. You're also had an interior design firm, you have a podcast. So it just all kind of was kind of the same. Like we, I wanted to talk <laughs> to another like-minded person like myself. So thank you for taking the time to do it. Of course. I'm always happy to uh, have a conversation with a kindred spirit. So <laughs> happy to be here. Yeah. So at first, the main reason um, we came, when I say following, you have a couple accounts, but it was Wingnut Social that um, we've been following each other for a while. And right. I just want to give um, my audience, I mean, most of them are interior designers or home renovators or architects, give them a little um, brief um, description of what Wingnut Social is. So um, in 2017, I retired from my full-time gig and I started an interior design business uh, and I learned from the ground up marketing that interior design business on social media. And it wasn't long until I started getting attention from some pretty heavy hitters, getting podcast interviews and some press from that. Um, really just kind of lucked into that by, by researching, doing the social media where I had other interior designers and I'll make this short because I know we only have 20 minutes, reach out to me and say, what the hell are you doing? Will you do my social media for me? And of course I was like, no, I'm too busy. I have the design firm. Long story short, uh, after several requests, I looked at my partner at the time and I said, you know what? I think there's I think there's a, a place for this. There's there's room for uh, digital marketing for interior designers because I had had bad experiences with traditional agencies who had zero idea of how to speak um, as an interior designer to possible clients, to possible vendors, et cetera, whatever the goal may have been. There was just such a disconnect there mm -hmm. that I decided to create an agency targeted to interior designers as clients and called Wingnut Social because Wingnut's my nickname. <laughs> Another <Okay>. long story. <laughs> I see squirrels from time to time. Mm -hmm. And Wingnut Social was born. So for a, a two or three years, I was doing both. I was doing Darla Powell Interiors, which was my interior design firm in Miami, and Wingnut Social at the same time. And um which was a lot to juggle, but that that's how Wingnut Social was born. It's a digital marketing agent to, to this day. Now I have I want to say eight or nine full-time employees and tons of happy interior design clients, architect clients, and we're doing mostly organic social media and search engine optimization for them. And we just keep growing. We just keep growing. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I see that gap, um, but you mm. saw when you first yeah. started because, you know, you could hire, there's so many people out there you could hire to do your marketing or your social media stuff, but if they don't understand the business, 
they're, they're, the whole message is getting lost there. Yeah. And it's so important because real, I mean, some of the stuff that was getting done for me was just terrible. It was really bad from the aesthetics to the messaging. And it's so important to have an agency or someone like yourself or me who understands the business model in general, especially for interior design, how it is that the, the process works from A to Z. And every interior designer might do it a little bit differently, but we have an internal understanding of what that looks like and how to move that messaging along long and no no one no one else really has that unless you're yeah. in the business or you've worked for a designer or you are an interior designer so i that that really helps position us in the market yeah. for that and exactly. i love it i love interior designers this was my first love yeah and we know what we want to see as a, yeah. a customer or as i mean you probably can name a few you don't have to do it here um but <laughs> a couple of designers that um hire outsource social media mm -hmm. people that don't know the business and yeah. you can see it hurt their own business and their brand and you see what it's doing like what people in like the design community is a small community yeah. it's a very small world and people talk and it 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 is huge on their impact of on the design community itself people seeing what they they're posting what their messaging yeah. is and you can tell. So as interior designers, I think we're hardwired to really um, see value, right? We can tell if something is inexpensive or there isn't 100% effort put into it, or if it's cheap, for the lack of a better word, or versus something that's more well thought out, more quality, a higher end campaign. If you're that kind of designer, you you can tell. It just it just hits us. It's visceral, right? So you really, it isn't lost. It's you can recover from it for sure. All you got to do is rebrand and, and relaunch, but um, you, you will lose some momentum if you just go out and hire any, you know, Sally, Tom, Dick, or Harry just to do your marketing because they're digital marketing experts and they probably are, but that extra piece is, is priceless. Absolutely. So what is your advice to a designer or an architect um, other than who you hire Mm -hmm. um, what they are posting or what they are doing on social media that is actually hurting their business. Well, I say the number one thing that I see, and this is the hardest one, this is like pulling teeth, especially for designers or architects who whose name is eponymous, right? It's it, their business is Susan McNuggets Interiors or architect firm. They're not storytelling from a place of them as the face of the business. They're not bringing in that ideal client to connect with their story, their personality, their aesthetic. And I don't mean like in an overly obnoxious, egotistical, hey, look at me kind of way, but just to make that connection with potential ideal clients. So they see you, they know what you're about. They have a feeling for your personality so they can say, I resonate with this person. I jive with this person. This is somebody that I would invite into my home, which is a very um, vulnerable thing, right? Yeah. To to have them come and hire them to do interior design work. And so we have, um, we're luckily on the Wingnut social side, we've talked our clients into making videos <laughs> to, to get out of that. But that's the biggest mistake that I see. And by mistake, I mean, money left on the table, really, that I see designers and architects making is not embracing that power of that storytelling for themselves with their brand or even if they're not if it's not named after them they're showing their team or really just getting there and getting intimate of what it is like to work with them or the team i think that's that's incredibly important the second thing i would say is consistency i see a lot of architects and designers who say you know what i tried i posted on instagram 
three times a week for a month. And it just, I didn't get any clients. It didn't work for me, and especially if you're doing organic social media. And by that, I mean, you're not paying, you're not paying doing paid ads or anything. It's, it's a little bit of a long game, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, interior design and architect um, clients, especially, it's not a low ticket item right? It takes a while that you really have to build that being in front of those clients, building that know, like, and trust, educating them, getting them invested in the conversation in your story until they're ready to pull that trigger. And that could be one year, two year, three. I remember when I was running Darla Palantir's, I had somebody who never engaged, never liked anything, but when they hired me, they said, you know, I've been following you and watching your content for three years. And finally I, I decided I was ready to, mm -hmm. and it was a, it, if I was paying someone else to do my social media for three years and I just got that one client, it would have been paid for. <laughs> Absolutely. So it, it, that's super important is consistency. And uh, third is just authenticity, not to be afraid to be yourself, you know, in a professional way, of course, but not to put on airs or, you know, try to be something that you really doesn't resonate with you or come off as natural because you think you should or have to project a certain image. Because what happens in the long run is you're going to attract clients who you might not even like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're going to resonate with that projected persona that you've put out there. But when you start to work with them, you're going to be like, oh, man, I, I don't think I'd really go out and have a beer with this person or, you know, a cup of coffee. So I think those are the three biggest things that immediately jump to mind without getting too nerdy or technical. Okay, great advice. How about if someone is going to, we say Sally Smith Interiors, mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of people that name the company after them are very uh, selfish on the way that they, they want to do their own social media, but they don't have the time and they're coming yeah. to you and they're, they're wondering like, how are you going to be able to get my own messaging into social media? When you're the one posting. What's yeah. your advice for them on that, on that front? Right. So we don't just go and post, right? So there is a, a definite discovery phase where we interview was it Sally? I like to say Susan McNuggets. <laughs> I don't know why, I like where that, that came from. <laughs> She's kind of famous. She's the official interior designer of Winget Social. But where we interview and get the messaging and the positioning and the voice and how those captions, how that is written, which is it's very involved. And you have to do that with anybody. Everybody's different, even though they're all interior designers. Everybody has their own idiosyncrasies, their level of sophistication that they want to come across to clients. They're different ideal clients, different markets. So all that goes into the research phase when mm -hmm. you're interviewing um, interior designers or architects to see how we're going to create that content. And there is a little bit, if you're Sally or Susan McNuggets and you're, you want to do all your own social media, um, you're probably not a social media expert. And that would be like saying, uh, you know, the plumber down the street or someone saying, I just want to do my own interior design, right? You want to delegate that out to the expert. So Sally can go out and keep making it rain for the business and doing what she does best to get those clients. You don't want to be spending 20, 20 hours a week doing something you're not an expert at that might not even be effective, right? So that's what I'd say. There's a little bit of a let go and let wing nut. <laughs> that's yeah. what we like to say. A little bit of relinqu relinquishing that control, which is the exact same thing as interior designers, interior de decorators, we tell our clients. 
Yeah. Right. So if you flip that around and look at it that way, then they have a little aha moment and they're like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. And sometimes still it's a little hard for them. But then once that we see, we put out content, we make sure everything is correct. There's about a two or three week learning curve where they're correcting it and they're making sure that it does speak the way they want. Then it's used on autopilot. And yeah. I've seen some really serious control freaks just be like, ah, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point. Cause like, I know from even in my beginning of my career, I had a boss I always said, anybody could put cabinets on the walls or, you know, make a kitchen, but a designer, you're hiring a professional because you don't, they don't know how to put it together to make it functional for you. Exactly. exactly. Um, and that's just kind of why they would hire someone like you. Cause they don't yeah. know how to make it functional. You can do the social media, but you're not able to optimize your company and, drive more business through social media without mm -hmm. an expert. Yeah. You might have a presence, you might have a picture up there, but, and you can say like, I do my own social and it exists, but it's really kind of, unless you, like I said, unless you have a strategy and you you know what your content pillars and your positioning and your messaging and your ideal and all of that stuff that goes into the research, um, it's probably ineffective, right? It's yeah. that's why I have a bookkeeper. It's why I have a CPA. I'm not doing that. I have no idea what I'm, yeah. what I'm doing. Absolutely. So if a designer, if you have any advice to a designer and they're choosing and they're in the very beginning, they don't have a huge budget. Mm -hmm. What would be your advice? Start a social media page or a website? Because a lot of the time, you know, mm -hmm. your social media page is your website. Nowadays, people are yeah. Google searching through that search engine on the, on mm -hmm. Instagram, Facebook. So what would be that first step if they have to choose to budget something yeah. digitally marketing wise? That's a really good, that's a really good question. And I get this a lot. And I always go back to um, Waddell and Bichetti. They're a firm out of Pennsylvania. I'm not, I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're brilliant. I love these ladies. They've been on my show. It's been a couple of years, um, but they started out with only an Instagram page. They had no website. They had no house and they, it took off and it, they grew their Instagram page and got business through direct messages through their Instagram. And then they did a website. Um, is it ideal? No, ideally you're going to want both. But I think that especially if you're a DIY kind of person and you really are just starting and you don't have the budget to delegate it, it's it's technically free, right, to start an Instagram page and start that business. And there's a lot of uh, educational stuff on YouTube, on uh Oh, yeah. you know, Google that you can look and kind of get a, a feel for it. We actually have a course coming out, which is uh, Instagram for interior designers, which by the time this is aired has probably launched. Oh, my dog. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, we can go through and get step-by-step -step on how to do that. If you're not in a position to delegate it out, um, that's a lower barrier to entry. Um, yeah. Websites, a little more complicated, although, you know, you have Wix, you have Squarespace, you have, you can still have a presence there, but I think people judge that because it's, permanent quote unquote um a lot more harshly you know yeah. i think that that is something that is to do it right requires uh upfront bigger investment mm -hmm. so yeah social media it's hard to beat social media because it's 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 daily it's it's as a day in the life it's as you go my website's super important. You need both and you need search engine optimization for the website and all that. People are not going to your website daily to see what's going on with you in your life, what your latest project looks like, what behind the scenes look like. It's just not happening. And that's the mm -hmm. beauty of social media is it's very intimate for the lack of a better word. You know, you're really getting to feel you're building that connection and that storytelling where you just, the website is more like um, 
gravitas. It's okay. It's proof. We are a real business. Here you go. Click a link, book a, book a thing. Although you can do that through social now too. Yeah. Um, long-winded answer for a short question, but yeah. No, that, that was <laughs> awesome. And, and when it comes to, you know, again, if we have a, a company that they're naming it after the designer, how mm -hmm. often should they be coming in front of the camera? I mean, like, because a lot of these accounts, mm -hmm. they get to, I had a guest a long time ago say, it gets to the point where it starts to look like a Pottery Barn account. Yeah. When you're not giving a face to the brand. Mm -hmm. um, any advice on that? So I would recommend doing at least twice a month, two short videos. Something that lives, if it's a reel or something that lives in your um, grid, or at least stories, something where they can get a feel of your face and how you talk. And it, you're some, if it's something educational to how we work, whatever grabs you there for that, at least, and that's minimal. Um, a lot of our clients that are comfortable with being the face and out there, we put uh, a facing kind of situation at least once every two weeks, once a week, depending on the designer. It, it really depends because there's some interior designers who are strictly interior design and it's me. That might be a little bit less, but there's other interior designers that are interior design, but also broaden that out to more of a lifestyle brand. And that could be a whole hell of a lot more as yeah. far as, you know, behind the scenes, this is me at the beach or swing pool or styling or, or what have you, depending on the, the actual designer, which by the way, if you want to break out of that interior design thing to bigger and better things and get noticed for stuff like HGTV or brand collaborations or things like that, bumping it up a bit to a lifestyle brand, highly recommend. Okay. So <laughs> when you say that, do you mean share, share more about your life and like kind of mm -hmm. like what a personal account, like I have a personal account and I have mm -hmm. my business account. Yeah. My business account has a little bit of my personal life in it, but mm -hmm. I don't share everything. Yeah. In a curated kind of way. And by curated, I don't mean inauthentic, but I mean curated, authentic, right? Stylized. A, a good way to do this is to have um, what's called a brand shoot, a lifestyle brand shoot. And there are photographers that specialize just in that. And they will take shots in very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not revealing, not intimate. That's another industry it's entirely. More like just a natural. Candid, uh, candid, okay, right? Candid. Because people, especially if you're Susan McNuggets and it's your name on the business, people are fascinated with what's going on behind the scenes. Think about celebrities we follow. Um, we're not just watching their movies or the TV shows. You know, E! News pops up on Instagram. We're like, oh, what's going on behind the scene? And maybe we're not big celebrities, but the impact is still still the same. Yeah. And, and when you bring up the celebrities, that's why people follow celebrities. They, they mm -hmm. want to kind of check out of their own life to see what other people are doing and <laughs> kind of live uh, vicariously, like, yeah, yeah exactly. through the screen. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about your podcast. When did that come about? Did Wingnut Social come before the podcast or did they kind of come together? And they were kind of at the same time. So I always yeah. knew that I, I've always been interested in broadcasting. And I, I decided that Wingnut Social needed a podcast as a vehicle to um, establish myself and the agency as thought leaders in the interior design space for marketing and for business. Mm -hmm. And I want to say the pot, it's terrible that I don't have an exact date. I want to say the podcast launched in August of 2018. And okay. we're well above 300 episodes now. It's designed. Wow, thank you. It's designed by Wingnut Social. So we hit marketing and we hit 
uh, B2B business topics that would be of interest to interior designers and architects with tips and advice from experts on how to market, how to run your business uh, from all kinds of different walks of life and perspectives. So I enjoy it. It's it's fun talking. That's awesome because yeah. I know when I started this podcast, everybody's like, what are you going to talk about? Because interior design is so visual and podcast is not visual. <laughs> like what what's going to go on? I'm like, Anybody that's in this business should want to listen to a podcast like this to learn more. You know, we're always yeah. in the car, we're at a job site, whatever, listen to something like that and learn from it. There are some pretty successful decorating podcasts and interior design podcasts that aren't B2B or, you know, talk about the business side of it that just do talk about decorating and design as well. Um, so it, people have their own you know, movies in their heads when they hear audio, you know, sometimes. So I, I'm not familiar with them. I, I listen to all the business ones, but I know they're very successful. So it could happen. Exactly. And then I want to end with what is the future of Wingnut Social? I know you kind of touched on mm -hmm. the Wingnut is it Wingnut Academy? Wingnut Academy, yes. Yeah. So we're growing that, right? The, our very first course is launched, Wingnut, um, Wingnut Academy, Instagram for Interior Designers. The next one that we have in the, the loop there is search engine optimization for interior designers. Okay. And then, of course, we're going to do uh, you know TikTok for interior designers, What whatever the market is uh, clamoring for at the moment to help them with their business. Because there's um, we wanted to have a more affordable entry for beginning designers, people who yeah. weren't quite at the level to delegate their social media marketing because it isn't done right. It's an investment. Yeah. Um, it pays for itself. You get one, one job and it pays for itself for the year, but still it's not, it's, it is an investment. So that is something that we wanted to offer to have that there for designers who maybe five years down the road are going to transition to being full service clients where we do it for them. And they can just say, here you go. I don't even want to see it. I don't want to look at it. So that is, that's that. Um, we are growing. I've just hired three new social media managers. I'm actually in the process right now of hiring a director so I can pull back a little bit and just do the podcast, which would be super, super nice. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think just as, you know, as long as uh, there's business and there's a sun in the sky, I, I think the sky's the limit. Awesome. I can't <laughs> wait. For that is That's an awesome option for someone just starting out or, you know, I talked to so many interior designers on this podcast that quit the, you know, the corporate life or yes. the company that they've been working for since college. And they finally just want to do their passion. And this is yeah. great for them to kind of get their foot into the door yeah. um, that haven't, they haven't touched design since, you know, as a, other than a hobby. So that, that's a great option for them. Well, I didn't say, I don't know if you're familiar, if you know this, but um, I was actually a cop for 18 years before I quit and did interior design. <laughs> no, you did not mention that. What a drastic yeah. difference. I know, I know. I already, I did projects on the side for uh, family and colleagues, um, okay. some professional, and uh, I just got sick of being a cop and uh, it was a sergeant actually, Miami-Dade Police Department, um, which was, wasn't easy. Um, and just decided, oh, you know what, I think, I think I'm going to give this a design shot, a um, design side a shot and started a side hustle, started getting clients really quickly from the social media marketing, like super quick. I was amazed. And, uh, when I, I realized I can't do both, I can't be, mm -hmm. I can't give a hundred percent to my design clients and still, you know, be a cop. So I gave my two weeks notice and the rest is history. Wow. Do you miss it at all? Being a cop? No, yeah. no, <laughs> no. Okay. Not at all. Um, it had its moments, right? Um, yeah. It was definitely exciting and thrilling for, you know, when I was younger. 
but no. It, and then this day and age, God bless them. It's, it's oh, just yeah. so, it's so hard. And that was 2017. I retired. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, I mean, it was still hard then, but like, yes, it's getting it progressively. Harder. Yeah. More difficult. And everyone, anyone that asked me, should I be a cop? I said, no, go be a firefighter. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody you, loves firefighters. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep quiet on that. I mean, I, mean, I <laughs> always respect the cops and I think they get a bad rap. Um, yeah. Just, you know. I'm not going to disagree. Yeah. Of yeah. Course. But do you think just because a cop is such a community based job, like, you know, you know, a lot of people in the community when you're a cop, mm -hmm. do you think that helped you when you went out on your own? Um, Not the community so much, but I do think that it helped me have a sense of um, confidence. Okay. Going into my business, going and and talking to clients and doing public speaking or doing the podcast. I do think it, it helped with that. And also it helped put a lot of things in perspective when dealing with clients on the interior design side, because, you know, if a sofa came in late or if something happened and they were freaking out, I mean, I, I've seen a lot worse than that. I'd be like, nobody died. Nobody's getting shot at. It's okay. It's all good. First world problems and deescalate that in some way. Because being a cop and an interior designer, you're kind of a psychiatrist, a marriage counselor. <laughs> you yeah. know, you're wearing so many different hats. So I do think it helped prob my problem solving skills for sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I don't recommend being a cop and then becoming a designer in <laughs> order to accomplish that. But that, that was my journey. <laughs> wow. I'm glad you added that little nugget at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I don't know why I always assume people know this, but yeah. yeah that's awesome. Well, I want to end with where sure. people could find you mm -hmm. on socials and how they could, you know, if they want to talk to you about when that social or the academy they're interested, where they could um, email you or reach out to you. It all lives at wingnutsocial.com. Go over there and you'll see all the good stuff. There's a let's chat button. If you're interested in the services, you'll see in the drop down wingnut Academy. Um, and if you want to follow us on socials, it's wingnut social everywhere. Awesome. Make it nice and easy. Yeah. That's, that's the idea. <laughs> awesome. Darla. Well, thank you so much for hopping on today. And um, I can't wait to get this out. Thank you, Eric. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure.